hello there. Welcome to the AFA podcast, the official podcast of animationforadults.com. This is episode 63. If this is your first episode, you can catch up with our previous episodes on animationforadults.com, on iTunes, on podcast.com, and on Stitcher. I am Chris. I'm joined this week by my partner in pod crime, Rachel. Hello, Rachel. Hello, Chris. How's it going? All right, I'm ready to talk some animation. It's been uh, been catching up on a lot of uh, shows that I've been meaning to watch for a long time, and I'm really excited to be able to talk about it with you guys this week. So I'm looking forward to getting into it. Yes, so it was Thanksgiving in America. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Oh, yeah, it was actually rather interesting because I had to get up earlier in the morning, not just to help with the um, getting the turkey put in, but also... Uh, there's a um, not too far away from my live. There's a big uh, gathering where you all get we all, we can all get together and uh, basically do like run this uh, five or fifteen k run. And Ooh. so I, my brother and I, uh, participated in that. And we parsi- we went and did that in the morning. Basically, just you know worked up a sweat and then uh, we were ready to eat lots of turkey when we got back and got ready for dinner. Yeah, we don't we don't have Thanksgiving. We have Black Friday though. That's weird. Uh, we we've just imported that for some reason. Just as well, sales. Why not? They just um, sales are they, universal. Yeah, they just like I guess companies like Amazon or whatever from America go. Hey, we'll bring over Black Friday, and everyone in Britain went, "What? What? What's that?" <laughs> it's where everything goes goes dirt cheap, and you can buy basically everything you need for Christmas shopping and it gets really, really chaotic. And I will tell I'm so happy that once again I play no part in Black Friday. <laughs> I I normally just wait for Cyber Monday, which is also I'm trying to figure out how and when that became a thing, but it is and there are lots of sales and I've got more than half of my Christmas shopping already done, which is good because my work schedule this upcoming month is gonna be rather hectic. Yes, so uh, this episode is going to be a bit of a general hodgepodge news and stuff we've been watching type episode rather than any particular theme. Uh, we're going to have a few episodes coming up with some... We're going to have an episode looking back at Spirited Away coming up soon uh, for its 15th anniversary. So we thought, hey, why not watch that? Any excuse. <laughs> Yeah, it was one of the uh, first one of the first uh, Ghibli films I was associated with, other than Castle in the Sky. So it's it's definitely an old favorite, and we I'm, we want to be able to talk about it and share all our experiences with that movie with you guys. So looking forward to that one. And we will of course have a Christmas episode coming up soon. So indeed, because it's that time of year again. <laughs> uh, but hey, if if you are looking for a gift for a loved one who likes AFA or for yourself in fact and you want to you want to look all snazzy uh, we've actually launched some merchandise this week yes we yeah so you can have our snazzy logo on on your person (laughs) (laughs) or a mug yeah t-shirts mugs and I think that's 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 basically the starting merchandise that we're going with. But yeah, it's uh, basically a way to spread the love and uh, you know show your support for an, um, adult themed animation or 
I should say animation uh, for the aficionados who enjoy animation that's not just yeah, you know, that's for all ages, really. And and support the site as well, because gives us a little little something. And help keep helps keep our podcast recordings sounding very crisp and clear. Yes, and you can also, while we're at it, you can also, uh, uh, if you'd like to help us go take this thing to the next level, you can also help support us on Patreon, um, and you can also make donations through PayPal if you'd like, if you just want to do a one-off sometime, like just buy us a virtual coffee. Uh, or you can uh, like make use of our affiliate links and maybe get a free trial of Amazon Prime or Audible or something. It's all you'll find it all on the site. Uh, link to and I'll link to it in the show notes because I um, posted a little thing saying how you can help us out um, if you should feel so inclined. Uh, plug, plug, plug. But pluggy, plug, plug, plug. But. Thank any any support you guys can give us, we would be immensely appreciative. Thank you. We just wanted to get that out of the way. <laughs> There's been some news happening this week. Yes, quite a bit of news. Um, which would you like to start with? Uh, I believe they've already made the announcements for uh, the nominations for the Annie Awards. Is that right? Yes, the the specialist animation awards that are held every year by Asifa Hollywood uh, known as the Annies and they will take place in February next year and they have now released the um, nominations and this year Zootopia is the biggest film with the most nominations it's got 11 nominations in total wow not quite as good as Inside Out's 25 last year but hey what <laughs> can you do? Yeah, Inside um, Out. In- Inside Out was a hard act to follow. Cuba uh, and the Two Strings is next with ten nominations. Yes. Moana's got seven. Very good. And then the Red Turtle's got five, so that's good as well. Yay! Still need to see that, but I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> but surprisingly, Finding Dory's actually only got three, which by um by Pixar standards yeah that actually year, is, that is quite that, low that is a little surprising to me because I mean being a sequel I can understand you know why you know why it would be behind a lot of these other uh, films but uh, yeah I would still expect a little bit you know a few more nominations come in Pixar's way but that's I'm not sure I understand why that that is but it, you know it is the way it is I guess we're not going to list all the categories, but we will go through some of them. Uh, they, the the main event, really, is the Best Animated Feature category, and the nominations are Finding Dory, Kubo and the Two Strings, Kung Fu Panda 3, Moana and Zootopia, um, which is fairly standard, I think. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> what you'd expect. Those are all like the, the, the bigger, the big-time... Uh, feature films and uh i'm really happy to see kubo you know and Leica getting you know fitting their way into all of that so i'm really really happy that they at the very least got the nomination whether or not they actually win i'm still ho- you know fingers crossed for that but we'll see considering how many nominations like you said uh zootopia has already got 
out of the gate. That might be the shoe win, but we'll anything can happen. The only thing is, I was, I think Kung Fu Panda Three was the only one that sort of there was a issue that it might not be there because I think you know there's lots of other big animated films this year. I don't feel like I haven't seen it, but I I don't feel like it's one of you know like the highest profile animated film of the year. No, but it's, no, but it, there were plenty of things done with it that were extremely impressive in terms of visual style. So that's that's something I I do want to see get its due credit, and I'm happy that it is part of the uh, best animated feature category because of it. I I feel like a lot of years there are there's like a clear front runner. Like last year, it was pretty much set in stone that Inside Out was going to win everything. <laughs> there wasn't really much of a much of a suspense anywhere. It was just like, okay, Inside Out's going to win. But mm-hmm. this year, it feels like it's much more open. Um, it it, it does because they're. I mean, like you said, Zootopia, Moana, Kung Fu Panda, Kubo, and Finding Dory. It's just like it's a lot of really really good movies that have just come out this year, and they're all competing against each other. It's just like it's really hard to say, you know, if even if you, you know, if one does come out on top, it's gonna come out on top just barely ahead of the others. I mean, yeah, they're all like, fantastic movies. Zootopia's only got one more nomination than Kubo, so that kind Ooh. of... So, who knows? Come on, uh, Laika! <laughs> um, and then there is the the feature they introduced last year which is the best animated feature independent category uh, and the nominations are Long Way North Miss Hokusai My Life as a Zucchini Courgette <laughs> yes it will always be Courgette to me uh, The Red Turtle and Your Name so hey Whew, again I'm really just wow the the lineup is just it's going to be such a hard hard to say who which one's going to be the one to pull it off but it's they're all good movies and they all deserve to be seen I ha- I have heard people say oh you know this is just ghettoizing the smaller films but the truth is that probably if they weren't in that category they're not going to win uh <laughs> yeah at least not so, compared to not, at least not in if they're having to sit next next to you know Zootopia Kubo and Finding Dory. That's that's. It would be a lot harder for them to pull, you know, to pull ahead of the others. But you know, now separating into an independent category, it makes it a little bit easier for them to just compete against each other. I almost feel like this category kind of exists. Like this is the award that Song of the Sea should have got. <laughs> yeah. It's like we didn't have a category that year. Sorry, but it should have won it. Uh... Yes, yes, it should have. Um, I have seen two of the category this year Long Way North and Miss Hokusai uh, both good uh, I would say probably to be honest I'd swap out Long Way North for April in the Extraordinary World which I loved so <laughs> yeah you know what I'm, I'm kind of sad that I don't see April in the Extraordinary World on here I think but, it's got uh... one, nom- one nomination like in a te- technical category um, but yeah, some really high-profile, smaller films. Your mm-hmm. name and Red. I'd say Red Turtle's probably the favourite there because 
Just because I don't know. Probably... Your name has been uh, been really, really climbing up the uh, ranks in terms of at least in how much money it's making, not just in Japan, but you know, overseas. So it's not sure how how much that's going to affect its uh, ranking or not. And moving on, there's lots of there's obviously the TV categories as well, and a lot of the more popular series have got several nominations. Things like um, uh, Gravity Falls has got some in like the writing category and stuff. As and it should. Adventure Time's got some nominations as always. Wonder Over Yonder. Um, the best general audience animated television broadcast thing. Uh, nominations are Bob's Burgers, Bojack Horseman, uh, Long Live the Royals, The Simpsons, and The Venture Brothers. Uh, great to see Bob's Burgers and Bojack Horseman there, I'd say. Yeah, Bob, um, right next to each other, too. Uh, not, I think Bob's Burgers has been there for a while, but Bojack. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting, they they go on one episode, um, and the one that's nominated is the one uh, called Fish Out of Water, uh, which is basically a silent episode and it is I can oh, see why Oh, cool! I can see why that's kind of the standout episode mm-hmm. um, either that or the final episode of the season would be the big episodes I think but that's for different reasons um, yeah. so good to see them and then you've got the individual achievement categories uh, which is where the films that we've already mentioned have got lots and lots of nominations um yeah, basically it gives a list of, you know, different uh, artists and uh, animators and directors who are part of the nominations for the different individual categories. And so if you want to check those out, uh, by all means, look at our uh, article that where we're covering the uh, the anime list on our website, animationforadults.com, and we'll, we have pretty much almost everything that was listed for the um, both the film nom- uh, production categories and then the individual categories the feature director thing's quite interesting though because um it's it's a mix of the um uh, the best feature and the best feature independent because hmm. um kuba and the two strings uh director travis knight's been nominated as has uh zootopia which is byron howard and rich moore of course what? um but the other nominations are my Life is a Zucchini, director Claude Barras, The Red Turtle for Michael D- Dr. Witt, and your name for Matoko Shinkai. Hmm. Um, so, who's not there is um, uh, Roy, Ron, Ron and John, Roy, who is it, Ron and John? Huh? <laughs> no one of the directors. Oh! I'm sorry, their names are not coming Okay. I, can't, I get mixed up with their first names, I'm afraid. I was like, are they Ron and John or Roy and John? I think it's Ron and John. <laughs> I think so. I'm not it, I'm not 100% certain either. I feel really bad beca- about that because I just saw the movie not long ago. And I call myself a fan of Disney. It's a disgrace. And also, there are some jewellery awards... Uh, which is basically for career achievement, like a lifetime achievement equivalent. And there is an award for Mamoru Oshii, director of Ghost in the Shell. Yeah! And Ghost in woo! the Shell 2. And some other films. Uh, Sweet! 
So that's good, because he is a very talented fella. Mm -hmm. It's good to see him getting recognition. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, there's a, there were a whole lot of people uh, lined up for the uh, nomination, so by all means, please check that out. So keep Disappointed by the lack of nominations for The Little Prince, though. Kind of surprised yeah, that. I'm. I'm noticing. I noticed that as I was looking through the list, and the more I kept looking through, the like more sad I got. It's like there's no, there's no little prince on here. Why is why is there no little prince? Makes no sense, I tell you. Uh -uh. Um, yeah, because there's always a bit of debate around um, around the uh, Annie's. Mainly people saying, why, why did Disney get everything? Mm -hmm. It's like, and it is, it is tough, but then at the same point, you do kind of have to say, they are at the top of their game at the moment, so it's really hard. Yeah, I mean, and again, like I said, it's not just with Disney and Pixar, who are all putting out some pretty, pretty good movies these uh, past few years, but it's also not, it's all the other independent uh, movies that have been coming out that are being that now have their own category mm -hmm. so it's just so that's you have two separate categories which you need to compete with in order to try and get your your film's name on there so it is it is rough i mean it's it's great that we you know we've i know we've discussed this many times before it's amazing to be able to see this many animated feature films get you know widely recognized but, you know, at the same time, it's like, there's still... I think there's still some room for errors. Like, not everything's going to make it through. And for whatever reason, it didn't. This it doesn't seem to be the case with The Little Prince. But in my, it'll always be a winner in my heart, because I love that movie. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wonder if, if the fact that it um, went to Netflix and didn't have the wide cinema release did... I'm, I'm thinking that's a possibility, but we... We we're not involved with that, so we probably would we never know for sure unless they nope. come out and explicitly say this is why it's not there. Mm -hmm. There are some other interesting omissions in that, like uh, the uh, Illumination films haven't got many nominations. Uh, Secret Life of Pets or Sing, uh, they they have got a couple between them, but not many. Uh, mm -hmm. There's one solitary nomination for Sausage Party. Um, uh. I think it's in editing or something um, but I'm not surprised about that because of all the controversy with the the way the animators are treated so yeah. when you're talking about animators voting you know I think maybe they're not going to want to reward that film <laughs> particularly yeah I don't think so either at least not from what I've heard there are um, some other nominations and um awards that have already been handed out as well um the national board of review has named whoever they are uh <laughs> some sort of board of review and i'm assuming that's the american national board of review i would guess uh shrug just, that's all i have just... to say to that shrug i don't know well they've named kubo the best animated feature of the year so yay okay Here's good on them i i yes thank you and then the Critics' Choice Awards have nominated for Best Animated Feature Finding Dory, Kubo and the Two Strings, Moana, Red Turtle, Trolls, and Zootopia. Hmm. hmm. Trolls, Trolls, eh? Yeah. That's, yeah, that's the unexpected choice there. Okay. Um, 
We can't say. We haven't seen it. No, I mean, from what I've seen of the trailers, I know the animation at the very least is very impressive. So if it's in regards to animation, I can understand giving it an award for that, definitely. But I'm, again, haven't seen the movie yet. So don't know if it's thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in somewhat in the middle shaking. But uh, have to, we'll have to see it myself to find out for sure. I think, basically, most places you're going to see Find the Diary, Clear Under Two Strings, Moana, and Zootopia. And then they're sort of, what's if there's any space left, there's going to be sort of a variation there, I think. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be where you might, sometimes you're going to see Kung Fu Panda 3, <laughs> sometimes you're going to see Trolls, apparently, uh, sometimes you're going to see um, Red Turtle, or... My life is a courgette, maybe, or, or even your name. Who knows? Yeah, um, it really, it really is kind of up in the air. Like we were saying earlier, it's just there's so many different movies. I guess it really depends on what movies everyone's had a chance to see and basically say, yeah, I would, I would vote for this or I would nominate this. I mean, one of the Disney ones is going to win anyway, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I you got to admit because it's really freaking hard to not uh, to not miss a new Disney movie release compared to mm-hmm. some of the other movies. Who are, yes. which are only available, because I, I know I would see My Life as a Courgette, not saying the other name, uh, mm-hmm. or Your Name, or um, Red Turtle, at any opportunity I was, gif- I was given to go see them. But unfortunately, it's, at least with where I am, it's not readily available. So... Yeah. There, are well, some, there, there are there are some movies that are less wide, you know, widespread to see, and that's why I'm, I'm thinking that they don't, maybe don't climb quite as high, though they totally could. And Zootopia has also already won a couple of awards, including it won the best feature at the the uh, BAFTA Children's Awards that took place over mm-hmm. here the other week. Um, yeah. So. That's gonna. Def- it's already got some. Kubo's already got some. It's like, who knows? Who knows where it's gonna go this year? It's co- kind of exciting because you don't really know. I mean, Kubo might. Who knows? What Kubo got the Oscar? That'd be interesting. Oh God! I wouldn't that be great? I would. Oh man! Just that possibility alone. Like I've been kind of disillusioned with the Oscars, like as I have been over the like the last couple of years. Though I have to admit. If there is even a slim chance that, you know, Kubo might be able to take the rug out under Disney or uh, Pixar for this year's Oscar nomination, I will, I will sit through the entire Oscar ceremony just to see that. Yeah. Well, who knows where that's going to go? Um, okay, that's the awards covered, I believe. So. Where shall we go next? Uh, um, well, we were talking about one of the nominations. Uh, one of the films that is nom- currently nominated for the Annie Awards um, is doing rather well in its UK run, I believe. This is Makoto Mer- Shinkai's Your Name, which uh, had its little um, little day in the cinemas in the UK. Um, well, it opened in some cities on... Uh, November 18th but it had the largest part of its um, cinema showing on on a single day uh, which was uh, November 24th where it 
played in over 100 cinemas. 104, actually. Um, oh. Which is the widest release ever for an anime feature in the UK and Ireland, apparently. Um, and apparently, 26 of the locations were complete sellouts. So that's good. Hmm. Awesome. Yeah, this, this movie is really getting a lot of ground. Yeah, and it, it, it managed to get a record for the um, highest single day gross. Um, I'm not entirely sure whether it's the highest single day, you know, it's the highest earned by a film that's released on a single day, as opposed to it's the highest a film has earned in a single day, because that seems unlikely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, even... Even if it's really big, it seems unlikely that that would be, you know, like an anime film rather than, I don't know, a Star okay. Wars film or whatever <laughs> that would do that. But yes, it's made, it's done really well for Anime Limited, which is great. And um, it's still playing in some places around the UK. And you can also actually, um, there is something called Our Screen, which you can try and. Um, if there isn't a screen screening near you, you can try and organise a screening. And basically, if enough people get um, pre-order tickets, then then a screening can be held in that place, which is wow. quite interesting. That is wild. Um, and uh, I know they've done a few organ. There've been a few screenings organising your name through that. Um, but also uh, recently. Your name has in Japan actually passed Princess Mononoke's lifetime gross. Which You're kidding me! It's made 19 billion yen. Holy! That's whoa! That's all it, I can say is just my best Keanu, my best Keanu Reeves impression. Whoa! <laughs> it's it's now the third highest grossing Japanese film. Shoo, man, that's. It did. That's it. did not take. Wow. That that did not. It did not take long at all. It. Uh, it's. It's still a fair way though off Spirited Away's record, which is thirty billion yen. Yeah. Still, uh, but Mononoke was a humongous hit. So I'm just like, just. I didn't think anything was going to top that record. I was actually. I was actually. Um. I was kind of surprised when I was writing this up because I thought Spirited Away had been overtaken in Japan. I thought. Oh yeah. I th- by what I movie? Fr- I thought actually, not by a Japanese film. I thought I thought maybe Frozen had overtaken it because I knew it was that was huge, and I remember like I think when I went to see Helen McCarthy, uh, she was talking about how it looked like Frozen might overtake Spirited Away at that point because it was making so much money um, on its Japanese release. So, oh my goodness. Um, but I think Frozen's number two. But okay, so Cause we'll like know couple... if it gets serious if it gets if it gets beyond what Frozen was able to make. Yeah, there's like a couple of Western films. There's like Titanic and um, mm-hmm. Harry, the first Harry Potter film, like in the top five or whatever. And then the rest of them are, had had been Miyazaki films up until now. And uh, and now now old um, Shinkai's nestling, he's elbowing his way in there. The young upstart, <laughs> yeah. Okay, hey, that's amazing. That is <laughs> crazy. really freaking cool. I yeah, is, that is basically just just I salute you, good sir. That is that is phenomenal. 
I really want to see your movie. Not that you're listening to this, but I really want to see your movie. It's coming out in America in 2017 via Funimation. Okay, we're almost there. Almost there. So, yeah. There you go. (laughs) Your name. Pretty big big deal. Mm. So, yeah, if you're able to, uh, if you really want to see it over there in the UK and just, like you said, just go and see if you could petition to see if you can get uh, get it to come to your local theater, I guess. Sweet. Okay, and some other anime news of the week uh, is a a comeback of a popular anime series that started ten years ago this year, and that is Code Geass. Uh, I I have a lot of feelings about this series, and I will admit <laughs> when I uh. I was just, I, I'll, I'll tell you a story. I was just, I was kind of just, you know, doing the usual, the social media thing, just kind of, you know, going through my Twitter updates just to, you know, you know, for different, you know, posts on there. And then I saw, you know, picture of, you know, the very infamous picture of Lelouch and all the other characters from Code Geass. I'm like, oh, hey, Code Geass, there's something I haven't seen in a while. And then I saw the following words, uh... I don't think it was, the, what, the, what is the name that they're calling it? Lelouch of the Resurrection. I'm like, wait, that's a... That's a new title. <laughs> then I actually I look into it and it's like, oh my god, they're bringing it back. It's coming back. What? When? What? It and is then indeed. I proceeded to freak. Then I proceeded to freak the frick out because there was this was like the anime that I watched in college, and so mm-hmm. I was basically like, this is one of the few times I've ever been like watching a show. An anime show where it was when it was just coming out and you know everyone was talking about it so I was like all the all the various memes that were spawned from this show and all the jokes and all the just crazy drama I got very much caught up in and so the fact and I'm considering how it ends I'm not gonna you know for those of you who haven't seen it I'm not gonna say how it ends but it's very conclusive it's very it seems very final so while I'm really excited to see where they will take this series next, I'm also really, really nervous because it it didn't seem like it could go anywhere from there, from where it ended off. But I, you know, I could be wrong. There might be another opportunity to tell more of a story here. I think they might just be cheating and saying that didn't happen. <laughs> oh no! This is an alternate reality where such and such events played out differently, and just like, what? It was so good. Why change it? <laughs> Getting it, it's getting a new series, and it's getting three compilation movies that that will recount the events of the original two series. Yeah, so. that that if if that tells me that that's probably leaving open for uh, an alternate telling, like if they if they're releasing the movies first, they'll be able to say, oh, well, we can rework this moment in the show. So this character is still relevant at this point, or so on and so forth, and then that could lead into this new series. But I don't know. It's just, it will have to. It's again, it's a wait and see kind of thing because you know it's just this is just the first initial announcement that they've made that oh hey guys we're bringing this thing back that you like so much and now everyone's gonna freak out and then we're just gonna wait till the next uh, piece of uh, news and tr- potential trailers and see if we can discern more information from that until they go full on into the releases, but 
it's uh it's it's exciting for people who were familiar with the show and how the and the characters and how it ended so it's 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 yeah definitely an exciting uh bit of news i i was never quite sure whether you you were a fan or not because you sort of go oh, i've got real feelings about this and i've I, I was never quite sure if it was good feelings or if you were like <laughs> no i mean it's it's good feelings like um this is going to tie back to this, uh, when we do get to the water killer, there's another uh, show that we're going to be discussing that I actually, when I f- first started watching Code Geass, I got a lot of uh, particular vibes from that, a show that I had previously watched with this one. Mm-hmm. But in general, I think I really, at least as far as the protagonist character is concerned, I was, uh, Lelouch is, uh, for the kind of character he is for the, uh, he's definitely likable. And I was really able to get into his story and the the whole idea of, you know, trying to change a corrupted system from the outside or the inside, that kind of conflict that this show did very well. I mean, there were certain decisions in terms of how they, like, had certain events play out that either confused me or just left me a little distraught. That that's one of the things that was the most, uh, the big thing with this show is that it, it takes... Like, it, it, all it takes is, like, a single solitary episode, and it will just take your heart and just rip it right out and then stuff it back in for you to keep going. Because it's, it, I can't tell you, like, almost every, like, they have it at least once a season. And it's, I mean, it's impressive that they're able to, like, get you attached to the, you know, these characters so quickly. So when that episode does come, it's just like, holy mackerel! But uh no, yeah, this I am I am definitely a fan of it and I would like to be on the more optimistic side that, you know, this series coming back and the fact that they might be continuing it on is a good thing. But they just have to be very very careful about it because like like I said, my, like myself, there are definitely a lot of people who are very fond memories of this series and so it's again, tread lightly <laughs> with how you decide to retell the story and how to and decide how to continue it on. There's been a video series in between uh, that's a prequel, or no, oh, I think it's set between the two seasons. Uh, yeah, there was a uh, bit of a time skip between season one and two. And that is apparently being released in the US next year for the first time. Um, oh, that was news but, to me too. <laughs> uh, but, so we don't know if this is a new TV series or, or what. But I I assume it's probably a TV series, but they haven't actually come out and said that. Mm. So it could be a video series or a film series or whatever. They sometimes do that. OVA, you know. Mm. Or one of those OVA slash film series like Ghost in the Shell arise when they went, oh, it's a, it's a new series of films. And it's like 50 minute films that they release in cinema briefly and then release the video. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I would. If it's not going to be a full-on anime season, I would gar- I would bet. I would like to bet money that that's what they're going to do with this, because those that that form of release has become is becoming very popular in Japan. It's, it's interesting because you get sort of higher quality productions mm-hmm. than you would get just like on TV, but obviously you get a lot less. <laughs> you get a lot less. <laughs> Um, so we shall see on that one. Mm-hmm. And there is there is some more anime news, I believe, that that might be of interest 
to people who like Yeah, it. especially if you follow Funimation <laughs> releases closely, because if you have, then you probably have already seen this, but uh, it's... Uh, forgive me if I continue to do a little bit of fangirling here, but uh, one of the other pieces of news that we're really happy to say here is that they have finally released the uh, full cast list for Dragon Ball Super, the English dub. And, or the Funimation dub specifically, and it's pretty much almost everyone who's been involved and with the uh, the Funimation cast that's been involved with Dragon Ball for quite a while, you know, Christopher Sabat's voicing both Piccolo and Vegeta, Sean Schemmel's playing Goku and King Kai, etc., um, Sonny Strait is Krillin. Everyone, basically, everyone who was involved with um, the recordings of uh, Dragon Ball Z Kai and the previous two movies, they're all coming back to reprise their roles for Super. And I'm excited. <laughs> I'm really happy. This is, I mean, it's like it was only a matter of time. We all knew it, but it's just like, oh, if they're announcing the last the list, that means it's it's almost upon us. <laughs> Considering how fast Funimation's been able to, like, get out dubbed episodes for, like, simulcasts and everything, it's just, you know, it's, it's, I can't wait. It's, a, I, I don't know exactly how long it's going to take before it is released, because I don't believe they've really announced that yet. They just announced that, okay, these are the people, you know, who are going to be in the recording lines for characters, and these, you know, this is who we've cast as who. But other, they haven't released any uh, information about when this is be when this is coming out. But it's if they, if it takes, you know, I don't. It doesn't matter to me as long as they can get it all, you know, down pat in their usual style. Then I don't care how long it takes. I'm just, I'm just happy to know that it is on its way. They they released some clips already. Um, I know that Chris Sabat actually released a clip like um, via Twitter last night as we record this uh, obviously it's not going to be last <laughs> night by the time you listen whatever um, it was very recently yeah um, and uh, basically it was so popular that it crashed the site I think and then they um, and they started uploading them to YouTube and and then I couldn't watch it anymore because it said this is not available in your country and I was annoyed uh, but, but I did get to see the clip before the site crashed and it had boo in it and I was happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that was the one that I missed because I think I was on a. Again, I was going through Twitter and I, uh, uh, Sean Schemmel put up another clip as well, and um, it was one with uh, featuring Goku. You know, both characters he voices Goku and King Kai, uh, doing their usual banter as uh, Goku just is like, "I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna sit and train here on your planet," and, and King Kai's like, "Hey, I'm actually respected, like." god deity person why I'm not you you don't just come over whenever you want it's like okay bye I'm gonna go train it's like yep yeah that 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 sounds about right and it yeah it, it basically sounded like the dragon ball I grew up with so I'm I am really excited <laughs> thank you Funimation yes that but that will be available to um probably viewers in the US and Canada only for the time being, because uh, for the time being, I'm sure that will change in the future. Because uh, Funimation has the rights for yeah the US and Canada, and uh, at the moment the rights for like the UK and some other places in Europe are with Daisuke, um, 
so who also have it it's, it's it's there's all sorts of complicated rights issues and stuff um to do with the fact that there are different versions of Toei and there's one one version that's got the rights for the US and Canada and also Australia and New Zealand or some and I think Latin America and then mm-hmm. the European one separate so we've got to wait until the European one signs signs up with someone I don't know yeah. um it'll be released on disc at some point I expect <laughs> some point <laughs> in five years time or something no it's not that bad anymore but nah nah and I imagine like, I, I could have sworn that Funimation was at least made their were having their website be more accessible to you know in, over in Europe at least that's what I was hey, led to believe yeah the Funimation now website is available in the UK in fact I think it I think it launched in beta of Funimation now specifically. I think it launched in beta in like the UK before they rolled it out in the States. But the catalogues aren't 100% the same because of rights issues. Uh, okay, so gotcha. we, we don't have any of the Dragon Ball stuff. We don't have One Piece, that kind of thing. Because <sighs> they're Toei and Toei are awkward. Yeah, no, I, I, I understand that and I feel bad. It's like, oh. You should be able to watch this too. Well, I I can watch it subtitled, I guess. Uh, I'm just, and I I, I just can't decide whether I'm going to be patient or not. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, Dragon Ball Super is being dubbed. Well, we already knew it's being dubbed, but we now know it's being dubbed by the right people. The min- yeah, the minute it came out, I think every single fan knew in their heart of hearts, like, yes, Funimation's going to be dubbing this, but just like we had to just wait until they were ready to make the announcement, like, yeah, guys, we're doing this. So they were ready, they're, and they were ready, they made the announcement, they're already putting out clips, and now all we have to do is just wait for the date where they're like, okay, guys, our first dub episode is ready, go check it out, and so, then it will probably, that also will probably be mobbed to the point where it crashes. <laughs> probably, yes. But, uh, yeah, so check that out and keep an eye on that, and we'll uh, be sure to update you on uh, more news regarding that. Was that it for news? I think that is it for news, so uh, shall we just mosey on over to the water cooler? Yes, let's do that. Alright. So, I think I personally have a a couple things like uh, tied to our last news story. I've been able to have a extended sit down and uh, be able to go through a, quite a few episodes of Dragon Ball Super. I think the first twenty nine episodes, and I'd love to be able to. Oh. Yeah, it's, I've been I've been waiting to get access for uh, via Crunchyroll to see these uh, officially for a while because I didn't really want to support unoffic- you know, unofficial releases of the episodes. So now that that's been official, it, I've been yeah. able to pour <laughs> through it on Crunchyroll. Uh, but before I do, I think there was one or two things that you wanted to bring up and talk about, Chris, for the water cooler before we jump into Super. Okay, I've been watching some anime as well. Surprise, surprise. Um, <laughs> I, I have been watching... Uh, I have started watching something that I've watched a little bit before, and I've, but I've got more experience in other media of because I've read some of the manga and I've seen some live-action movies based on it, but... I've never watched in its entirety, and that is Death Note. Um, ah, good old Death Note. Which is just this month about to come out on Blu-ray in the UK for the first time. 
and this is uh, mid or early 2000 series um, based on the extremely popular manga about a character called Light Yagami who finds a notebook discarded by a god of death. The god of death was bored and he's like, hmm, I wonder what will happen if a human gets a hold of this. Drops the death note into the world and this uh, high schooler just what happens by it, sees it, picks it up and then learns that whenever he writes and someone's name in the notebook, that person will die. And yes, and so he decides to set about making the world a better place by killing all the criminals, basically. Um, but there is also a genius detective who is known only as L, who's a bit of an eccentric, um, to put it mildly. <laughs> Very mildly. Uh, and basically it's a bit of a cat and mouse uh, like clash of wits type thing, them trying him trying to um, uncover where all these mysterious because de- basically all the criminals in the world start mysteriously dying, and so everyone like the police trying to investigate is like because it seems like it's some someone's doing it somehow, and they get they get known as Kira, um, and uh, basically Kira. yes, and uh, basically. L is trying to track down Kira and uh, it's yes it's about basically about that <laughs> yeah it's, it's 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 yeah like you, you it is a good way to describe it. it is it basically a story of cat and mouse between Light Yagami and L as they both clash wits cuz Light uh, as a high schooler early college student is uh, a remarkable like almost I'd say like a, a prodigy in terms mm-hmm. of just how like smart he is and how he was a- he's able to figure stuff out and to the point that the fact that he it gets uh rather creepy and rather scary that like okay this no high schooler should be this smart and be able to pull off all these uh murders so efficiently even if using a supernatural uh notebook but um L is also you know he's regarded as like the world's greatest detective you know mind and so he views trying to track down this mysterious killer who leaves no, literally no trace of any kind of, any of these murders, and so he takes it up as a challenge to try and discover who Kira is, and basically it's a, as the, even when the two actually meet each other in person, it becomes a real, like, a, a game between the two of, like, okay, what does he know? What does he not know? And it goes on for quite a bit, at least the majority of the series is focused on those two characters and the, uh, I would say that just their interactions and uh, how the push and pull between, you know, which which side has the bigger advantage over the, the other. Thing is, this really doesn't sound like on paper like it should work. No, it's it doesn't. Someone writing names in a notebook and then them dying. That doesn't sound like it should work as, as a concept that will be entertaining to watch. But yet, it is. Or, or um... It's pretty entertaining to watch. Uh, I re- basically the manga I really got into. Um, it's it's very addictive and and the art is awesome. And uh, oh yeah, I really love the style for this. It's kind of it's it's semi realistic, but mm-hmm. also not. And unfortunately, it can't look as good as the manga in the anime form. But um, it doesn't look bad. It, it's no, it's still kind of got Madhouse. like a very. It's it's very like dark um dark colors, dark and dull colors in the uh in the anime and 
it's really hard to, you know, kind of really, because in, in manga, when it's just mostly just black and white, and you can get some really nice uh, different contrasts between, like, uh, shadows and uh, illuminated spaces and characters, and just, it's, it you kind of lose that when you go into uh, animation and you have add color, but it's still, it still kind of keeps the same tone as it was. At least it tries to, as best as it can, the, you know, courtesy of Madhouse, as you said. And basically, as I said, I've read quite a bit. I've read like eight volumes in. Um, so at the moment, I'm just going through stuff that I've actually I'm familiar with because mm-hmm. I've read the read that far. So I'm really looking forward to getting to the bit where I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, just yeah, um, ju- I mean, potentially. Okay, I'm just going to say really quick. Uh, potential spoilers for. Uh, Death Note, at least for a particular moment in the story. Uh, where exactly are you? Because I, I just, I'm really curious to know. I am about nine or ten episodes in, and he is just started at college, and he has met actually met L, but he doesn't know, and he doesn't know that he is Kira. He see. is, yeah. They, they're, they basically they've had their very first interaction or first mm-hmm. in-person meeting. Yeah, that's where the tension really ramps up for me, and then uh, the, basically a lot of the episodes following get really freaking good between the, the the tension between the two, especially since L is uh, he's he's the smartest, he's the world's smartest detective for a reason. And you'd be you know when you watch the series, you're surprised at how even with just a certain aspects of information, how much he's able to gleam about a particular situation from just like a, the most minuscule of evidence. So it's it it gets really really tense really quick and there's also a interesting dynamic the fact that uh, Light's father who is a police officer, our uh, detective, for the uh, you know Japanese police force is actually working with L, on the case to try and capture Kira, which he doesn't know is his own son. So it's just like it it, it kind of plays up the drama a little bit when you've got that uh, big uh, ele- you know elephant in the room. <laughs> yes. It's yeah, it's it's very interesting series, even though it doesn't sound like it should work. Um, and basically, L is a great character. He's very uh, distinctive and interesting and fun. Uh, but and it's interesting because he is arguably more interesting than the main character. Uh, who yeah, is, I was I was gonna co- bring that go. I was gonna go into that next, but yeah, finish your thought first. He's he's he's. The thing about light is he's, he's a bit of a dick. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's you think it's like oh he's killing criminals so that that's okay right? Well, it's like no, that's that that's one of the big selling points of the series is the fact is the is what light doing ethically right at all? And you see very quickly as he kind of plans out his whole epic you know thing to make the world a better place by becoming a quote unquote god and kill and basically becoming judge, jury, and executioner for criminals in yeah, the well, system. He starts off and just killing off killing off literal criminals, but then, not before long, he's basically going, oh, if someone gets in my way, then they're fair game. And, yeah, uh, even even members of the police force and mm-hmm. uh, even a few FBI agents who uh, make an appearance in the story, and it's, it's... He's a rather brutal person, and the fact that he's the protagonist, technically the protagonist mm-hmm. of the story... Is rather interesting because it does the sh- the series does everything in in its power to make you dislike Light as much as mm-hmm. possible because he's like you said he's just this big big dick 
and he becomes when and not to spoil too much he it gets worse later on but um yeah having that counterpoint with the very kind of like quirky but very sincere and uh you know genial generally cares for his fellow man person that you know kind of the person that l is you find yourself rooting more for the story's antagonist in this series which is i thought when i first watched it was one of the most ingenious things i've ever seen at least in for in terms of storytelling you hate your protagonist but you want to see your antagonist succeed and the other great thing is uh is the um the shinigami as well they're pretty oh, great oh yes ryuk uh, yeah, I couldn't even remember his name. Uh, he's a, he um, yeah, he's basically got like a, a, an invisible friend who's a, who's a deaf god who hangs around and eats apples. The very, the very <laughs> same one that dropped his death note in um into the mortal world that Light picked up. So basically, he just he was bored. He just tossed it into the mortal realm. Light picked it up and it's like, oh hey, you picked up my death note. Now what you gonna do with it? And basically. He just kind of hangs around and uh, hangs around light just just to see what he's going to do next. And as long as it's entertaining for him, he's on board. But yeah, it's, have to remember he is a god of death, and he's a, those he's a very fickle kind of character. Like they explained very early on that you know if if and when light it no longer you know is no longer amusing or watching his you know antics is no longer amusing, Ryuk will be like, no, then I won't have anything to do with you anymore. And uh, I have seen the Japanese live-action movies based on Death Note, and I actually, a lot of people don't like them, but they were—I don't know if they were my first first exposure to Death Note, or if I read the manga first. But um, I actually really enjoyed the films, and I thought they did L brilliantly. The guy who played him. Um, oh yeah, he's fantastic. And they did actually give him a spin-off movie, um, just based on him, uh, called. L changed the world, which I haven't had the chance to see as yet. But and yeah, I they, they actually did a they did a book based on that too. And I I never saw the movie uh, L's movie, but I did read the book that was based off of it, and it was actually pretty fun. I'm I've been curious to check out the actual movie as opposed to reading the book and see how different it is or if it's similar. And I know they've done they've done a new Death Note movie in Japan as well, and. There's also going to be a live-action US adaptation made by Netflix coming out, like, I don't know if it's next year or... And that is from director Adam Wingard, which will be interesting to see how that turns out. I'm a little... Yeah. little concerned in the fact that he was like, oh, yeah, it's going to be really R-rated and there's going to be... There's going to be blood, gore, nudity and stuff. And it's like, that doesn't sound like Death Note. <laughs> no, not really. I mean... Death if Note, you're really, cerebral... Yeah, it's definitely more a cerebral uh, series because of the fact that we've got these really two smart characters trying to basically one-up each other. But yeah, it's, I mean, even if there are like a lot of really like, gruesome death scenes or um, one character in particular who I know is relatively scantily clad, for better or <laughs> worse, um, it's, yeah, it's, just, it's you gotta be, it, it, I have to wonder if, it's, if this is not going to be another case of... Uh, Dragon Ball Evolution! <laughs> Please, let's, dear God, not another one of those. Let's hope not. Please. Uh, yeah, so... I will... I will eventually be reviewing that for the site when I'm done. Uh, I think it's 37 episodes, but then they've also got um, some 
video episodes included with this uh, mm-hmm. uh, called I think it's called Death Note Relight um, I can't quite remember what the difference is with them uh, I think it's from a different perspective or something uh, okay yeah, so I don't I, think I've ever seen anything related to that unfortunately that's coming out uh, getting on close to Christmas so uh, look out soon for my review on the site or you might hear me talk about it more in the podcast who knows whichever comes first um, I also been watching some more anime on Funimation's website. Um, some of their simul dubs. Um, I've watched some more episodes of Izetta, The Last Witch, and I've watched. I've done the free episode test now to see if I want to watch it. And All right, and what's the verdict? I do want to watch it. Yeah, Woo! nice. Because uh, it's. It's got these sequences with um, basically a witch flying around, taking out like World War Two era um, uh, planes, warplanes, oh and oh tanks. Oh my god! Oh my god! That is just that. That's so cool. She's. I. At the end of the first episode, uh, she's in the because. Um, there is obviously a witch in the plot, as you can tell from the title. From the title. Called Izetta, who may or may not be the final witch, um, but it's set in a alternate history uh, Europe, where all the countries are slightly different, even though there's a country called Germania that's trying to attack all the other countries, and there's a country called Britannia. Hey, back to... Um, <laughs> Petako GS there. Yeah, Petako uh, GS again, because that, that's the same name as the big tyrannical, you know, like world government or whatever. That at least the the that that takes place in uh, that that show. But yeah, it's it's the return yeah, of Britannia. Here, but here it's the Germanians who are bad. Um, yes, and uh, there's basically the equivalent of World War Two going on, and there is a princess uh, of a country that's. I don't think it's really based on any particular country. It's just a sort of mid-European country with a princess um, whose country's being invaded and she's trying to escape and then she runs into the witch, basically. And But they have met before in their childhood and they, she, seems to, she seems to have forgotten. Um, and you get to find out more about that. And the witch originally flies around on on a gun like a broomstick and then later she's flying around on a, like a, a lance from a castle <laughs> and then and then, then a sword basically she can fly on anything sort of long and thin i guess uh yeah i and, would imagine a, i would imagine a uh, broom or a lance would be more comfortable than a freaking sword <laughs> and she seems to be able to like turn her blood into weapons and stuff it's kind of crazy Ooh. Blood magic. Yeah, so I I kind of like the the suit the fake European setting and the, the, the like like it when the Japanese try and do that and sort of get it slightly wrong and it's kind of entertaining. Um, and there's a element of like the relationship between the two characters. Are they friends? Uh, is it romantic or whatever? You don't know. Uh, they may be <laughs> pushing that. I don't know, or maybe not. But too soon to tell. Too soon to tell, but it's it's entertaining so far, and I will watch some more. Very cool. I'm glad. I'll have to look at that into that myself when I finally 
when I'm done watching catching up with Dragon Ball Super. You'll never be done. Nah. <laughs> At least when just never. catching up to the most recent episode. That that'll then I'll be able to watch something else. But just until then, until then, I uh, I'm I'm kind of stuck with it because Dragon Ball. I can't I like- escape. Also on Funimation, I watched the first episode of a new series called Drifters, which is from the creator of Helsing, which is <laughs> one of my old uh, sort of guilty favourites, uh, which is the basically about vampires. Um, ah! That's Helsing, not not Drifters. Drifters is totally different. It is. Okay. Uh, but if you've seen Helsing at all, uh, when you start watching... Um, you start watching Drifters, you go, that main character looks a bit like like uh, Alucard if he was a samurai. <laughs> <laughs> it looks very much like from the same creator. But the actual visual style of the series is actually quite different. Um, is it? It's got a kind of... like The animation style is kind of interesting. It, sort, it kind of looks more like... I'd describe it as more like a comic book come to life than typical anime style it's kind of that's that is a different style and it starts off with like a big fight in feudal japan and this this guy is going around and it's quite gory and violent and everything and Mm. and then he he gets spoilers he gets um it's only the first episode (laughs) uh he gets wounded and stuff and he's wandering around and then suddenly he's in like he's in like a hall like a big white hall with doors and there's a guy in a in a in a um like sitting at a desk a mysterious guy uh and you're thinking hey on, what's going on here because he was in feudal japan and now he's it looks like a you don't know what's going on is it modern or is it futuristic <laughs> and then uh then he gets um put he basically the guy shoves him through a door and he shows up somewhere else and then there are people there were like elf people with pointy ears talking a strange mm. language okay. and talking about drift and they're saying oh he's a drifter you know like okay so he's one of those drifters take him to the castle so he, he's wounded and he's taken to the castle and there in the castle there's like characters from japanese i don't know if they're i think they're at least one of them is a historical figure um he's called like Odin Nobunaga, but I don't know how you say it. Odin Nobunaga. Yeah, that guy, uh, okay. kind of a famous Japanese historical figure. No, yeah, he's he's very important. And then there's someone else who's also a historical figure from a much like from a much earlier area than him. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if the main character is also a particularly well-known Japanese figure. But okay, now this this has got me really fascinated because if it's got these characters that are supposed to be representations of these historical figures, now I'm really now I really want to see it because I remember learning like, at least a a good deal of uh, Japanese history at least you know learning about uh, Oda Nobunaga because I know how I know what his big deal is. So I just I want now I'm kind of interested to just go in and see how that's all supposed to weave together with all these different characters. So obviously these characters are taken out of their historical viewpoint at possibly at the point of what would be their death and put in this strange place and you're like okay I'm intrigued (laughs) and then there's they introduce someone who might be a a villain of some sort 
and then you go okay and then it sort of goes end of episode and you're like what what have I just seen I no we want more we want more so yeah I I don't know where this is going at all and that's <laughs> that's always fun it I would probably understand it more if I knew who the Japanese figures I've heard of the older guy from various things but I I don't know enough about him to be able to go aha he is like him historically I would uh, I would recommend if you want like a crash course in uh in certain points of history like uh, particularly uh, fucking focusing around uh, Nobunaga that's real, relatively easy to digest I would suggest going to um are you familiar with um uh extra credits the uh the group that talks about you know, that breaks down uh, video game development, they have a extra series called um, basically like called Extra History, where they do uh-huh. like they actually discuss certain uh, important uh, points in history that are you know just really really interesting to talk about. And one of them was uh, the exploits of Oda Nobunaga. So go to their uh, channel and look up um, and look up Extra History, and then they have like a whole nice video feature uh, of that particular time period. I think I've heard in the grapevine that there are there are other historical figures and they don't just they don't just stick to Japanese ones either like they pull things out of all different mm. um, mythologies and stuff which so I'm obviously going to have to, I really like Helsing so I'm going to have to check this out some more and mm. see it's yeah there are a lot of time it seemed quite different from Helsing but then uh in, if you've ever read it in the manga or seen Ultimate, there's quite a lot of like random bits where the art style changes and you get a silly little bit. Um, and there are bits like that in in this, and you're like, oh wait, okay, this is from the same guy, because he just he just puts in a random bit where all the characters are drawn funny and acting out of character and stuff, and it's like. Oh, yes. I will admit, I will admit, I have actually not really seen seen uh, Helsing. Or uh, Helsing Ultimate, but um, I have seen uh, bits and pieces of, say, a particular episode uh, via Team Four Stars uh, Helsing Abridged, mm-hmm. which is really. I mean, if, if you enjoy Helsing, I would recommend checking that out because it's it's pretty funny. And I'm I have to admit, what the few episodes that I have seen of their abridged series have gotten me intrigued to actually see the the actual series because the animation it looks amazing, as as gory as it is, it is is really impressive. It, well, the, the TV series is probably quite. The animation is not too brilliant because it's from like 2001 and it was early sort of digital Gonzo stuff. So mm-hmm. bits of it, bits of it looked cool and bits of it kind of looked wonky. But yeah, the um, Helsing Ultimate, the the OAVs, they were mm-hmm. much more impressive, and that was much truer to the the manga which I've also read quite a bit of and is mental it is proper mental <laughs> <laughs> I I will probably just at this point do a little plug for Helsing just for anyone who hasn't checked it out um, just so you know what it's about you might tell from the title that it is connected to um, Van Helsing as in the vampire hunter who hunted Dracula um, it's inspired by that but it's Basically, it's set in in England, a fictional version of England. You see, I, I told you I like it when they do that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, there is the Helsing Institute, 
which uh, is tasked to protect the British people from vampires and other supernatural threats. And the Helsing, in, uh, the main character, is basically descended from the literary Van Helsing, um, and but it's a woman, and she is called Integra, which is a a well-known, popular English name for women. <laughs> Integra, everyone, yeah, everyone knows an Integra. Um, yeah, sure. And basically, she has a pet vampire <laughs> <laughs> called Alucard. See what they did there? Yep. See, yeah. Um, and he's been with the family for years, and he hunts other vampires. And he's a very cool character. And there's also a sort of young vampire woman who joins the crew as well. And there's a kick-ass butler called Walter. And um, it all goes a bit mental because at one point, basically the Nazis show up in, uh, but Nazi vampires, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because in, why not? And, and they attack London in Zeppelins and it's it's crazy. And yeah, if that sounds like fun to you... <laughs> <laughs> then I'd recommend you checking out Helsing Ultimate, which is the the best animated version of that. There was a TV series as well, 13 part one, um, which has got a great soundtrack, um, <laughs> but probably just go straight for Helsing Ultimate. Yeah, you can. A, word, a word of warning though, from what I have seen, it is rather, you know, if, if it is not to your taste, it is a rather gory series due to the you know the nature of them having vampires in this show it's this is these are not your uh i'm i'm a i'm pretty sparkly in the sunshine vampires these are oh no to, no they're not i am going to murder you vampires so yeah it's it's very very gory very gruesome very dark so again if that sounds like your cup of tea by all means go and watch it if that kind of stuff is squeamish to you even in animation then you might want to reconsider checking it out but at least, maybe at the very least look at a trailer to see if it's the kind that you can tolerate it is very over the top but yes it, it is it's fun <laughs> I say <laughs> uh, yeah so that's what I've been watching alright and the random plug for Helsing that I haven't been watching recently but hey <laughs> it's fun so it, it's worth plugging yeah uh, speaking of something that's fun and also worth plugging uh, before I get into Super. I'll save that as like one of the last bits of uh, st uh, stories for the cooler. Um, I did want to say right off the bat that I was able to go and see Moana this uh, this past Friday, Disney's uh, latest movie that they have uh, put out in theaters in the U.S. And I'm, not, I'm obviously I'm gonna uh, since it hasn't yet to come out in the U.K. just yet. I'm gonna avoid. Well, no, because technically by the time this episode comes out, it will already be out in the U.K. So mm -hmm. still, I'm gonna. Uh, avoid spoilers for those who haven't seen it yet and um just kind of give my initial impressions on it i really enjoyed it i can't say i enjoyed it as much as i did uh zootopia earlier this year as far as disney you know, disney releases go but as for a disney quote-unquote princess film it was definitely a lot of fun and i the the locale was really interesting the characters were great um and the, the visuals were utterly spectacular like there were plenty of moments that just kind of had my jaw dropping with how gorgeous they were. And the music was also really well done. Like, I don't think... There was only one song which I could have been, you know, with or without. But that was... 
considering how many songs they normally tend to put in these kind of movies, having just one song that you're kind of more of just like kind of meh about is a pretty good, uh, pretty good thing in its favor. So, yeah, it's just, uh, don't think there's too much else I want to say other than that. I think there was one thing I probably will hopefully, uh, have an opportunity to, uh, mention another time when everyone else on our, uh, staff has had the opportunity to see it. Um, there were certain aspects of the story that I were, I was kind of hoping it would go in a certain way, but obviously it decided to go in a different way, which kind of left me a little disappointed. So I would say just go, don't go in with any expectations. Just go and enjoy the movie for what it is. And it, there's definitely a lot to love. Nice. So, Thank you. Other than that, I think that's besides Moana, there was, um, I'll just go into, uh, the first, what I can. Cause I mean, I've, being able to watch 29 episodes, not necessarily in a row, per se, but of uh, Dragon Ball Super, but uh, just kind of finally getting the opportunity to be able to sit down and actually see, you know, how the story is unfolding for, like, the first couple of story arcs uh, before, you know, instead of just jumping into the most recent episodes, because I kind of want to watch this in order. I have to say, it's like, it was very... I'm not sure what I was expecting when I, you know, started seeing clips of it on, uh on YouTube, but this show is very, considering how high-octane Dragon Ball Z was, this is a very relaxed show, <laughs> which I never thought I'd say. I mean, it, it, it seems to find, like, a, a at least the, the tone itself reminds me a lot of what Dragon Ball used to be, you know, in the yes, original show. that's what I is... want! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, there are a couple, you know, because there are a lot of elements from Z that are brought, you know, you know, characters and, you know, aspects of Z that are still there. I mean, especially when you get to the, uh, the resurrection, uh, of F, you know, resurrection of, uh, Frieza arc. Because that's, well, basically the first couple arcs of the show are kind of, like, recapping the events of, mm -hmm. um, Battle of Gods and the, uh, both the resurre resurrection of F movies, um, in their own way. Which is, I will admit, kind of bored me a little bit because it's like, well, I've already kind of seen these stories yeah. already, so I kind of know what's going to happen. Though, I will, I have to give the show credit where credit is due. They do tend to throw in a couple new things to kind of, like, like surprise people who have seen the movies. They know have seen the movies already, just like, oh, you weren't expecting this, or, oh, we're going to show this extra little tidbit that you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to get in the movie. So it is still worth watching, at least all the way through. And, like, I wouldn't say if someone you know, recommending to someone who's watched it, like, should we not watch the Battle of Gods or the uh, Resurrection of F uh, arcs at all and just skip to the new stuff? It's like, no, no, just make, watch it. Watch it in its entirety. You know, take it for what it is. You know, if you like it or hate it, that's, you know, that's your choice. But it's still worth seeing just to kind of just absorb everything else that the they've been putting in there. But I have to say, other than, you know, there are quite a few, there are some action sequences that really stand out. Like, there are, um... The, what they were able to revamp the uh, battle between uh, Goku in his Super Saiyan God form and uh, Beerus in uh, the Battle of Gods arc was actually really freaking epic. Like, I don't know how they made it more epic than they did in the film, but it was just, they, they found a way. But other than some of the action sequences so far that I've seen, and a, a lot of the twists and turns that have kind of, you know, caught me off guard, the episodes that 
make this series stand out the most are the more laid-back episodes, or the more of the filler-type, what you would consider to be filler-type episodes. But they're actually really, really, really good. And I just, I, I can't pin a real reason as to why. I just really enjoy seeing all of these characters just kind of living their lives. Like, I mean, hell, this very second episode of the, se the series is um, basically... Uh, Bulma, Trunks, and Vegeta going on a family vacation. I kid you not. And I'm just I, like, oh my god, it was the <laughs> I could not stop like, A, I could not stop laughing, and I could not, go, and uh, conversely, I could not stop going, Oh, Vegeta's trying to be a good dad. This is, this is what I've been excited about hearing that it's a Dragon Ball sitcom. It's what... Cause, no, it totally is! Because I, I think the thing is, it's like the characters are great, basically, and you just what it reminds me of what people have said about like like um this is way off topic, but like the Avengers movies like like with the with the characters, the dynamic people have said, I would just happily just watch you know a film of these people hanging around. they don't need to do all the big fighting. I'd just watch like basically like a sitcom with these characters just riffing off each other and it'd be entertaining and yeah, like in Age of Ultron when they were yeah. all like trying to lift Thor's hammer yeah exactly something like uh, that and you think yeah I could just watch that for ages and that's kind of what they've done with Dragon Ball Super yeah it, it, it's I mean obviously like with some of the arcs like they've they kind of throw in there like the, the Battle of Gods and the, the Resurrection of F that, that's a lot of the same song and dance that was in both of those movies. It's you, you know, it's 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 there and just uh, with a new uh, new coat of paint, pretty much. But yeah, a lot of like the the little tidbits in between where you have characters interacting with each other and just 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 living was just the greatest thing. Like there's a whole episode um, dedicated between um, the Battle of Gods arc and uh, the Resurrection of F arc where we see how. Uh, Goku and Vegeta ended up uh, going to start training with uh, with Whis, which was where we find them in uh, the Resurrection of F movie. Mm -hmm. And the lengths that Vegeta went to in order to try and to convince Whis to take him in for training was, oh my lord. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, basically, because the whole reason Whis is there in the first place is just to, uh, for Bulma to show him around more to try more Uth food. And so Vegeta's like, no, no, I'm going to do this. Bulma, stand aside. I'm gonna do this because I need him to take me to train with them. Because <laughs> I need to get stronger than Kakarot. <laughs> and oh, he always gets to the point where he's actually trying to cook things. Now, let me say that again. Vegeta is trying to cook. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it all comes down to, like, oh, I've got some instant ramen. Put some water in there. And Whis like, this is amazing! Okay, you're coming with, with me for training. <laughs> and then that's, that's how he gets there. And it's just, oh, it's it's a nice dabbling of action and humor that that made Dragon Ball so lovable to begin with. So it's just like I, more of this, please, all more of this. I'm, I mean, just I'm haven't gotten to the newer material yet. Like I'm just before the uh, the Universal Tournament arc where we uh, that they were advertising a while back, which uh, with uh, Beerus's quote unquote, I think is his twin. From uh from one of the other universes, another god of destruction named Shampa. I I saw a picture. I was like, 
Well, there's a two beeruses, or there's a there's a fat beerus. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, his his name is Champa, and he is Beerus's twin brother from the sixth universe. And really, from what I understand, is that they uh, every now and again they get into a contest of uh, trying different foods from their respective universes. <laughs> yeah, well, because they can't they can't physically fight without realities breaking down. Um. So, yeah, he uh, basically, I think Champa gets to try some uh, ramen, which Beerus has uh, taken a liking to ever since Vegeta brought it back with him. And uh, Champa tries it, loves it, finds out it's from Earth, and he turns to his attendants like, hey, we need, where's our planet Earth? And uh, she looks into her particular, like, you know, sphere of the universe, and it's like, uh, apparently it got, uh, it, the, all life forms on that planet died out a long time ago. <laughs> So really, it all comes down to a battle of like, okay, which universe is going to keep uh, Universes Seven's Earth? And it gets really... I'm really looking forward to seeing how this plays out. Especially with the idea of being able to see all these, uh, the fighters the, from Universe 6 that they were advertising uh, while, a while back. Because I love when they introduce new characters into Dragon Ball. Awesome. But yeah, this, that's... That, I apologize if I may have gone into a bit of a rant there, but it's it's, That's fine. it's good stuff. I'm I am really super excited, especially now that the um, that the dub cast has been announced to you know be able to. I've I've gotten used to listening to the Japanese voices while watching this show, and it's been very entertaining. But it'll take on a whole new level of uh, nostalgia when the voices I've known for years doing the characters that I love and. Especially, like, the, the one scene that, I kid you not, makes me melt every single freaking time. Um, right before the uh, things get off with uh, the resurrection of F-Arc, where we have uh, Piccolo with uh, Gohan and Videl's daughter, Pan, just kind of babysitting her. And then uh, they then you, you catch him making baby faces with at her and making her laugh. And I'm just like, okay... I want to know how Christopher Sabbath's going to pull this off, because I guarantee you, either way, I am just going to melt in my shoes... <laughs> it's gonna be great I'm really looking forward to it nice. but yeah that's that is uh that's more or less the uh what I've been able to do recently cause like I said Dragon Ball's a big thing to me so hard hard to be much else other than that and I think but in, as far as games go I'm still working my way through uh Pokemon Sun but um it's again it's it's like I said pre- in the previous podcast uh, episode talking about it it's unfolding in a really really good way like i'm, I'm uh something that pay um, that, that pays homage to a lot of the uh, previous generations so it is definitely like a penultimate version of uh pokemon that's you know if you're not sure if you're like part of an older generation and you're not sure if you're interested in uh coming into some of the newer stuff because of all the new pokemon i think uh pokemon sun and moon is definitely the version you should get nice but yeah, that's uh that's it for me. So I guess uh, shall we close out this particular episode? Indeed, it's been a All good right. chat. Yeah, lots. Of, it's been mostly an anime talk here. So hopefully next time uh, we when we get more of the gang back together, we can uh, reconvene. And I think believe the next one we're hoping to do will be our uh, anniversary talk of Spirited Away. So here's hoping we get everyone on for that, and we can go into detail about uh, Spirited Away. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, 
on uh, for this particular episode of the AFA podcast. And if you want to check out our other podcast episodes, yeah, we've already stated that they're uh, iTunes, podcast.com, Stitcher. Um, stay tuned for animationforadults.com for more news updates and reviews and all awesome content related to animation. We've got hopefully for the following year we should have some new stuff on the way, so we'll keep you informed about that. And uh, if you want to keep up with our website in terms of social media, we are on Facebook, we are on Twitter, Pinterest, and Tumblr, unless I'm forgetting anything else. Um, and Chris, where can we find you on social media? Uh, Mr. Chris Dore on Twitter and Facebook. Alright, and you can find me also on Twitter at, um, at Fail2Ninja. And again, thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time on ep- for episode 64. See Bye! You later. Ha <laughs> ha